0: Well, this is Susan Weinshank, and on this podcast, I am all by myself. I usually, as you know, do these podcasts with uh, my colleague Guthrie, and sometimes we even have guests, but for a variety of reasons I won't go into right now, it's just me today. So this one's a little different. It's also probably going to be a little shorter. We'll see how long I go ranting all by myself, sitting in my studio alone. Anyway, I thought today I'd take an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is research, which is user research, which is audience research. And this has become, interestingly to me, a very kind of hot topic in the in the user experience, technology design space. Uh, what is user research? Uh, what isn't? Uh, how much do you need to do? Which kinds should you do? Why are you doing it? How much of it do you have to do upfront versus within the design uh, process? So I thought I would just try and tackle some of these questions. Um, all on my own. And I'm guessing that some of you may not uh, agree with uh, everything I say. I guess that's okay. Controversy is necessarily a bad thing. So what do I mean when I say user research? It's one of the biggest problems, I think, in our entire field of design and user experience and uh, talking about uh human factors into design is definition. Um, so what I'm going to be talking about here, when I use the term user research is the work that you need to do. If you are designing something, whatever that something is, whether it's a digital product, a physical product, a service, a process, a physical space, whatever you're designing, um, the idea that there's a certain amount of knowledge you need to gather about the people who are going to be using this thing you are designing. So we call the people who are gonna be interacting with your design, we call them the users, another controversial term, and then we call uh, the work that you're doing to figure out what you need to know about them, the research. So that's the way I'm using the term user research today. And um, it seems like to me, anyway, it, it, this wouldn't be a controversial topic <laughs> that, you know, you're going to design something and you want to optimize it for people. And so you have to do some work or research to find out about the people you're designing for. Like what is hard about that? But actually this seems to tie people and teams and organizations into pretzels when they're trying to figure out this question. So um, let's break it down a little bit. Uh, You have to know something about the people you're gonna design for and the thing is that even if you don't know anything let's say you didn't do any user research you know you're designing an app or or you're designing a remote control for uh, an a speaker you know audio sound system and and you decide for whatever reason that you don't need to do user research. I mean, maybe you think it's just such a simple thing you're designing, you don't need to know anything about the users. Maybe you think the users are everybody in the world, and therefore it's ridiculous to try and do user research because it's for everybody in the world and, and you, you have to design for everybody. Uh, maybe it's because you think that you're designing for a target audience that you know really, really, really well. So why the heck would you need to do any more user Whatever, let's say you don't do any user research at all. And then you do, you sit down to design. You're designing based on something. and And everybody I know, whenever there's a design process going on, there's always this moment. You always get to this moment where you or you and the team say oh well I think this should go here or this button should be here or this should go next or the next thing they'll want to do is this or we should put uh, this over here rather than this this button should be bigger this button should be smaller I mean you're making these design decisions and there are, are, are dozens if not hundreds or more of design decisions that you're constantly making What are you basing those design decisions on? You're basing them on something. And so if you don't have any user research and you're not basing it on user research, then you're usually doing one of two things. One is you're designing based on what makes sense for you, what you think makes sense. It's like, of course, this button should be over here. Of course this should be bigger. Of course this should be smaller. Of course this should be blue. Um, so you're either designing for you, or you're designing for your assumptions about who the users are and how, what would be best for them. So you're thinking, oh, I know I should probably put this over here because that would be easier for people, these people to understand. So you are, you're making your design decision based on a an imaginary person. And that imaginary person is either you or it's a, a conglomeration of your assumptions about your target audience. So my point is, you know, how likely is it that A your audience is exactly like you or B your all of your assumptions about the target audience are correct um it, it that's possible but it's unlikely that's why you need to do user research because otherwise you're going to be off you, you know you already know going in you're going to be off and You know, even if you do a lot of user research, you're not always going to nail it every time, which by the way, is why we do testing of our designs as we go through the process and before we we release them. Because even if we've done a lot of user research, we probably didn't get it right. Um, But, you know, if you didn't do a lot of user research, the chances of your making errors in your assumptions and your decisions just starts getting higher and higher and higher. Now, you might say, okay, well you just said we're going to do user testing as we go along. So therefore, we don't need to do any user research, right? Because we're going to do user testing before we release this product and we can make changes then. And the answer is, yeah, of course you can, but you will have wasted so much time and energy and gone and, and worked Worked your way through this entire design that might have some huge, huge assumptive flaw that had you known a little bit more about your audience, you wouldn't have gone down that road. You could have saved yourself a lot of time and trouble. The other thing, by the way, is that as much as we say, oh, yeah, we'll do user testing later on and we'll fix it later. Uh you may or may not do user testing later. I've seen a lot of those planes go awry. And even if you do, how much are you really willing to change at that point? Or how much will someone let you change? Because it? if you change it now, it means doing a huge redesign and missing your launch date. So, you know, this whole thing of following a process and doing user research or any of the other things that we do during design you know it's not to be difficult it's to save you from yourself it's to say you know we we're humans we're flawed we make bad decisions it's just the way we are and the process helps us mitigate those bad decisions. And, you know, it amazes me sometimes because, you know, there engineers build stuff, you know, they build bridges and buildings and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And we don't usually sneer at them and say, wow, you waste a lot of time figuring out the calculations for the, the materials on that bridge that are needed so that it doesn't collapse. Why'd you do all that? No, we assume That they are trained experts and they know what they're doing and we 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 Listen to them When they tell us they want to follow a process or they want to do some calculations or they want to do research on the materials or whatever And I don't think it's, you know, you could say, well, that's because it's life and death. Well, you know, the stuff we design sometimes is life and death, too. I mean, I've designed stuff for software that cardiologists use when they're installing, you know, pacemakers in someone's chest. So uh, that's important, too. All right. Enough on my uh, soapbox about that. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, user research. So if maybe, maybe I've convinced you that it's a good idea to do user research. Um, the next questions are, what do I do? How much do I do? And you know, uh, user research can be endless. And I think that's why it gets a bad rap sometimes and why people say, no, we're not doing any user research up front because you, you know, if you did all the user research, you probably, could and should do just from a point of view of, of having enough knowledge. I mean, it would go on for a long, long, long time. And then when you're all done, you could do design based on that user research and you'd have a great design, but no one is usually willing to have user research take that long. So, you know, you have to, you have to decide how much time do we have to do user research? What's our budget? And given this particular project, which kind of user research we should, should we do? So let me give you some examples. Let's say you're designing a a complex piece of software. You know, it's like something like a decision management software for a very particular audience doing a very particular task. If you don't know what is the best way for people to do that task, then that's what you need to focus your user research on would be task flow. Uh, or let's say that you are um, designing uh, an app and you want to make sure that people are motivated to use it. And the tasks themselves are really simple. So it's not really a question of you know, what should the task flow be because, there's like two or three steps so that's not hard but the question is will people use this and is there something we can do to really get people to use this okay well so then you need to do a different kind of user research because instead of task flow because that's simple what you need is an in-depth user interviews to understand what may or may not motivate this particular target audience to even want to use this product. Uh, So the type of user research you do, whether you do task analysis to decide on the task flow, whether you do in-depth user interviews to decide on motivation, whether you do uh, user group analysis to decide on who are the most important users you should be designing for whether you write use high level user stories or scenarios to make sure that you are designing for the most important things that you want people to do and that they want to do uh, all I mean there's so many different kinds of user research and it's all good and it's all valid. It's just that some are more important than others for your particular product and, and whatever it is you're designing. So the first thing you need to do is just decide, given what we're going to be designing, what is it we do and don't know about the users? What do we assume we know? What do we assume we don't know? Uh, Which of those things are likely to really make us go off track? So if we think we know who the target audience is, if we think we know that the target audience uh, is people, you know, between the ages of 20 and 50, and that work in this kind of industry, and we think we know that, but then we realize that if we're wrong, if it turns out that everybody's Gen Generation Z, or, or the most important people are Generation Z, or the most important people are millennials, or um, you know that 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 the most important people. Uh, live in urban areas, if we're not sure and if not knowing poses a high level of danger in that, if we make a wrong decision there, wow, we could really go off the rails. We could really design something that isn't appropriate. That's, that's the place focus, you use your research. So you need to decide on what is it you don't know, and what are the risks for not really knowing? What are the risks for making assumptions about the target audience, their age, their attitude? What are the risks about making assumptions about what the most important uses of this product are? What are the risks about making assumptions about the task flow, the way, the, the order in which people will want to do the work. And um, then you can evaluate that and you can say, Hey, look, you know, if we, if we get the the most important tasks wrong, that's not great, but that's not going to make or break our project. However, if we get the target audience wrong, we're really in trouble or vice versa. You know, if we get the target audience wrong, that won't really make or break our project. But if we get the task flow wrong, that could really be a disaster. So evaluate what you don't know. Figure out where the biggest risk is. Figure out how much time and money you have to mitigate that risk. You know, if we don't know really what the task flow is and we design this, and we design it according to a task flow that doesn't make any sense to the true target audience, we're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to redesign the whole thing or we're gonna, uh, lose, you know, 20% of our market share, or we're gonna lose 30% of sales in the first year. Uh, or we're going to delay our launch by three months. I mean, just figure out what is the danger. And if you want to, I mean, one of my favorite things to do is return on investment calculations, figure out what the cost of that is. So for example, you might say, you know, it's going to take us, it's going to take us three weeks and $15,000 to do a thorough task flow analysis with representative users and document that so that we can turn that into, uh, our design. So three weeks and $15,000. Now, if we do that, if we take the three weeks and we spend the $15,000, it's going to, uh, potentially save us three months and a hundred thousand dollars so we have a a, uh, a medium high risk that if we don't do this we're gonna get it wrong <laughs> and if we get it wrong we're talking about uh, spending a hundred thousand instead of fifteen thousand so that's And instead of three weeks, we're talking about three months. So that's two months, a little over two months. So, so here's the risk. Two months delay, $85,000. Or three weeks delay Mm $15,000. Which, what, which do we want to do? Do we want to add three weeks before we start write in code and spend $15,000 and then know that we've uh, saved ourselves $85,000 in two months. You know, I think if you put that in front of any, any uh, real thinking <laughs> project manager, Maybe they won't believe you, which just happens a lot. But, you know, how many projects have they seen go awry? Eh, more than a few. Is it really worth the risk? So that's what I think you do. I think you figure out what you don't know, what's the best way to fill that gap, how long is it going to take, how much is it going to cost. Then you make that case, and then you just go do the work. And so you don't spend three months doing all the user research or six months or a year doing all the user research. You know, you probably should, but you spend $15,000 in three weeks. So that's my, uh, that's my first rant guys on user research. I have so much more. I could talk about this topic, but I think that's a good uh, a good start. I'd love to hear your your stories, your struggles um, with uh, either deciding on user research or getting people to fund it. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this topic at another time. So I hope you've liked this uh, short um, all alone podcast. And I, I, we'll have Guthrie back uh, real soon to do another one um, with us together. And we'll also have some podcasts coming up with some great guests. And if you want to learn more about um, user research, by the way, um, we do have some uh, online video courses and we teach some workshops on user research and we'd be glad to help you out. You can reach us at uh, www.theteamw.com thanks for listening